This episode of Good Sheilas is proudly brought to you by a brilliant lady startup, Radiant Soul Yoga. Founded and run by our wonderful Sheila, Danny, Radiant Soul has a dedicated online platform for yoga practice that is authentic, warm, and balanced. There's room to laugh, release our ISO range, and show up in being totally safe and ragged trackies rather than Lululemon. Mm-hmm. Online yoga means your body can make all the noises it's capable of. Good. So if ISOs left you with a limp personality like Claire's and a weathered <laughs> body like Bronze, get stuck into their online courses. If you're a beginner, expecting a baby, an experienced yogi, or want to introduce yoga to the kids, Radial Soul has a course for you. Yes, someone can teach our kids. Finally. <laughs> Good Sheila's listeners get a massive 20% off by entering Good Sheila's at checkout for all of September. Ooh. Check out our Instagram for all the details. Fun fact about Claire. When she was pregnant, she went and had treated herself to some delicious Vietnamese. <laughs> After consuming an entire bowl of pho, she stood up and floated out of the Vietnamese restaurant. So beautiful. Everyone was looking at her and she thought, this must be what the second trimester glow is. Everyone thinks I'm a goddess. Look at me glow, Melbourne. And people kept looking at her, nudging their friends to look at her. And Melbourne was like, yeah, eat it up, eat it up, eat it up. Up and then Claire went to the bathroom, looked in the mirror to try and get a glimpse of this glow, and noticed that she had a huge noodle on her chin. <laughs> oh my so embarrassing! So I was like, Oh, I see, it's the <laughs> noodle. I see, it's not me, it's the noodle. And fun fact about Bron. Pregnant with her first child, a 26-year-old first-year teacher, Bron, decided not to tell anyone that she was having a baby. Her students were so worried that the stress was making her dramatically stressy that they bought her an okay, are you okay present? <laughs> she wasn't okay, but she was having a baby. I'm so confused. I don't know why I didn't want to tell them. So I had all of these teenagers kind of like staring, and I refused to buy maternity clothes as well, so my belly was just like, all of the buttons were just stretching, and my belly was like oozing out, and the kids looked terrified a button was going to shoot them in the eye. And they were like, Bron, do you have any news? I was like, absolutely not. Nothing. Stop referring to me as your friend. <laughs> I was like, you, you want to be my friend. Hello and welcome to Good Sheilas, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes all of us tick. I'm Brom, a Melbourne comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. And we're long-time friends, short-time mums, and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that's kicked us in the guts. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for good sheilas. Hi! Hi, welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the second part. Oh, we're back. Yes, welcome to the second part. We, um, this obviously is the second part of a double banger. Double barrel, double banger. Yeah. Cliffhanger. Yeah, that's a rhyme. That's a poet. (laughs) Did you know it? So we we just did our first, the, the last episode obviously was about female bodies and how they're completely misunderstood and how what 
what we are most valued for in the medical world is for reproduction. Yes, a glorious ability to make new humans. Yes, so uh, for those who missed it, Claire uh, told us about her experience where she found a lump and the medical system uh, in her breast and the medical mm -hmm. system just kind of kept trying to make sure that she would be able to breastfeed again and her boob would still look like a beautiful, lovely, attractive boob. Um, so it was a real slap in the face. It right? was. It was. It was a really, really challenging time and it made us both think about our bodies. Yes. But let's talk more about those glorious bodies, Bronwyn. And aren't they glorious? I'm completely naked it's right now. It's making me very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's beautiful. So our bodies, we eat many bits of food, we drink many bits of wine and they make humans and the process of growing them is absolutely shit oh my god it's awful yeah. it's dreadful mm. do you miss ever being pregnant no neither do i not a magical bit did i experience in those pregnancies Ugh. What were your pregnancies like, Claire? Oh, my shit house. <laughs> so, so I had I had a condition called hyperemesis for both of them, and so I vomited the whole time. The whole time. The whole time. It was just relentless, um, relentless vomiting. Absolutely. There's no exaggeration in this. So I know a couple of um, people who've had it, and it is, and you guys play it down. I know that you had it, and our, our friend, my friend uh, Jen, who's in Brisbane had it and she had two pregnancies one of them was twins so i can't even imagine how Ugh, that would horrible. have been but she was, you guys were such soldiers about it and when i say dear listeners that these women vomited the whole time and there would have been, there'd be some listeners who actually have is it hypertemesis hyperemesis hypersemesis hypercholemesis exactly. it is um it is horrific like you guys you vomit through the night like you wake up in the night to vomit Ugh, you vomit yeah. the entire time you were had meetings where you were like running meetings and telling all of the people that were worked under you what to do and during the meeting you'd have to pick up the paper bin and I'm vomit vomiting. in it. I vomited so I remember once being in Woolies and needing to vomit and knowing that I had no way to vomit and running to the aisle of like you know vomit vomit <laughs> the vomiting <laughs> aisle I know <laughs> ripping open like a glad you know those ziploc bags and vomiting in the ziploc bag and everyone was Aww. looking at me that was that's a good trick for other high premises sufferers always carry ziploc bags yep. in your handbag so you can vomit um and it, you want oh, everyone to see it god it's so vile it's just horrendous i remember this. but weirdly i want to have another baby yeah that like, is it's, weird it's so weird that is really strange so because you are only good for give, having babies only one good thing well, how about you Bramwen? what is your pregnancies like oh uh, definitely weren't as bad as that but i didn't enjoy them one single bit mm. one single bit i didn't enjoy the only nice thing is when you can feel it kick yeah and then that's, that's like that is nice fine so nice yeah but it's like the whole the 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 process I mean Olive you know I guess the first my first baby was quite exciting um, because I was like oh my gosh this is really unplanned <laughs> but also very exciting and then um, and then with Edie I had like a Olive was only one and I so she was one and angry she's yeah, an angry so one-year-old and so I had to go through you know 12 weeks of morning sickness with a one-year-old and that was an experience in itself and oh. then working and it was just like every it, the whole time feeling a little bit garbage yeah. and people that's the only thing people talk to you about yeah, as well yeah you lose all of your autonomy you yeah. lose all of your, your your sense of self and We've been talking a lot recently about the first 12 weeks of pregnancy. So mm. there's this really strange, I think it's quite a Western tradition of during the first 12 weeks that you tell 
nobody. It's a secret. How do you? It's, it's a the secret. One of, it's world's best kept secret is once you were pregnant with the shittest bit when you were vomiting oh. the entire time or maybe not vomiting, maybe just feeling just really feeling gross. or feeling really anxious or feeling Exhausted. really hormonally like unhinged. And all of those things. All those things. And you must not tell anyone. And the more I think of it, so, so just to unpack the tradition for listeners who might not know, women are not supposed to speak of their pregnancy until they reach the all clear mark of 12 weeks. And the rationale behind it is that you don't want to have to tell people that you lost the baby. If yeah, because the shame that comes sh- with yeah. the miscarriage, which is just, it's, it's uh, like, oh yeah, that makes sense. It's to good. Who? Yeah. yeah to who? I remember when I was telling one that I was pregnant with Edie and she was saying, oh, you know, Obviously, you're not going to tell anyone until after 12 weeks. And my mum was a midwife, so yeah. she understood. That was like a, that was like just the rule. It was yeah. just the rule. And she understood. And as a midwife, she saw how many people lost babies to miscarriages. Yeah. She understood the reality of that. It wasn't like... And she wasn't embarrassed for those women. No. But it was just the thing. It was just the dumb thing. You do not tell people your business in case it's bad you hide your grief and that's such a it's such a throwback from kind of older generations right where if things went badly in your life you hit them and you you present to the world an example of yourself which is the best Mm. you don't show when things are going wrong but it's it's really just another form of silencing women right Mm. it's saying to them at the worst bit the most vulnerable bit the bit where they're the illest and the most exhausted and the most anxious about whether or not things are going to stick that this is your secret, this is your burden, you carry it alone. Yeah. And you know what? I think I think it needs to change. It I has think to. yeah. Well, it, totally. Look, we think about or even think about the women who do unfortunately experience miscarriage. What are they supposed to act like nothing happened yeah. when yes. they go back to work and they're exactly. like, <laughs> everything's fine. I it's told you, everything's great. Oh, it's just it's a real it's really really broken, and it doesn't even. I think it's the argument that you might lose it is actually even more of a reason to share it because. Yeah. It's devastating. Yeah, and if you were feeling really like um, like hormonally unbalanced, yeah. and you might have a really like a, a strong reaction to a work email, um, you know, and throw your computer through the window yeah, that's like, and do example. a burnout on your boss's lawn, <laughs> you need a reason. You need a reason. It's great. Like it's grief. It's it's a, a miscarriage causes a lot of grief, mm. exactly the same as any other loss does, and so. You take away someone's permission to speak to it. You know, you're 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 not allowing them to grieve something which is a really real loss. Yeah, and so this whole idea of like our women, our women's bodies are not our own. Yes. they are not ours, and they it's we uh, we are mm-hmm. here to reproduce, and we are here to be. Um, what did Aristotle say? We are uh, deformed, deformed men. Deformed men. And we are passive semen acceptors, or it's something so revolting. Disgusting. Yeah, good on you, Aristotle. <laughs> yeah, so it is. Yeah. We are forever we're kind of taken away of yeah. all of our power over our body and forever just these vessels that will create human life and we should be grateful for that. And if it doesn't work, you better hide yeah. that it didn't work. Exactly. And I think, you know, the, the fact that somebody else has to give you permission to share it, right? Like you can, you get to 12 weeks or 13 weeks, you have the scan and somebody's like, you can tell people now. Yeah. Some, you never, the permission never comes from you. It comes from somebody else. Gosh. so broken it's so broken so I, I guess you know it, it, it is a time to have a bit of a social movement where you can tell people you can put your bloody pregnancy test on Instagram for all you know if that's what you need if you need support in the bloody hardest 12 weeks of your life mm. you should you should you should receive it and if you want to say I lost a baby I you should yeah. be allowed to say that without yes. people 
without feeling like one you you deserve think people deserve an explanation or two you want any kind of response like this is just it's your it's your response it's your body it's and no one else's your experience yeah and yeah sure it might make some people uncomfortable but discomfort is, is also a really human experience and you shouldn't mitigate anything you experience because it might make somebody else not know what to do or what to say, mm. right? Because those people who love you, they might know what to say, but they will show you love and support in a really difficult moment. And we have to get used to this conversation. Yeah. It's like, what's the stats? Is it one in five women have a miscarriage? One in or... four. One in four pregnancies in, in miscarriage. It's so normal. It feels like a conversation everyone needs to be well versed no, in, exactly. right? Exactly. And even if it doesn't end in miscarriage, God, like, if if you if you in the first trimester you're having a shit time so being able to say to work i'm really unwell or say to your mates you know obviously you're going to tell the closest people to but some people don't like yeah. I, I know a few people over the years who haven't told anybody else except their partner until they've reached the 12 or 13 week mark that is so yeah, awesome i didn't tell you i didn't tell you i was pregnant with olive until the 12 week mark yeah i remember that yeah, yeah. so um, and I can't really, uh, there was probably a number of reasons as to why, but I remember it being really hard. To I think not... it's because I lost the pregnancy before, remember? Yeah, yeah you yeah. had a miscarriage just shortly before yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, like maybe a few weeks before that. Mm. Yeah. Which is very kind of you. Oh, it's very not, kind thing to do. But it's a, it, it was, but it was a long 12 weeks. Yeah. It was a really long 12 weeks of not telling you something that was huge. Yeah. But also, yeah, but also that was, an, and it was a navigated path. Like yeah. Everyone, no one knows how to talk to a lady who's just like, had miscarriage. miscarriage. Exactly. And so you just don't, I don't talk to them. So what a way to isolate a woman. Exactly. Is to be like, if that woman tells you something that's really confronting, like I've just lost a baby and you don't have the words to talk to them, you're probably not going to say anything. No. But it's like, actually, she probably needs you to say, hey, um, are you all right? What yeah. can I do? Or I'm just, I'm just so sorry. Yeah. I'm not going to try and make it feel, be- no, you feel better. No. It's just, it's, it's something that we need to change. But how, how about the rest of pregnancy, Brian? What was it, what was it like for you with Olive and Edie? Uh, the rest of the pregnancies, um, so trimester two, trimester three, I can't remember. It's, it's, a long, the end. It's, it's a long, it's a long way away, but I do remember having a uh, comparing my pregnancies to yours. That oh, was actually yeah. really helpful because they're <laughs> no, nowhere near as bad as yours, but I didn't, I didn't enjoy them at all. And I did feel bad because mm. it was, it, everyone treats you like. You should be entirely grateful exactly. the entire time. And like, it's like, actually, you, don't feel that good. You're eh? doing your one function. Mm. You, you've, you've fulfilled your womanly duties and you should be celebrating all the time. And again, it's another form of silencing because it's really fucking hard. Yeah. It's hard to carry a baby. You're exhausted. Your body's changing and you have to deal with the kind of implications of that because we're not very good at having our body change in front of us, right? It's really, really no. confronting. No, it is, it is not nice. And, um, for a little bit of news for everyone, I'm having a third baby. <laughs> is that cliffhanger? I said cliffhanger. Yeah. Was the, that was the cliffhanger. It was, it was the cliffhanger. That was the cliffhanger. I just feel like it has needs context. So surprisingly, um, I'm having another baby. <gasps> Our good Sheila's baby. Our good Sheila's baby. Exactly. It's going to be a little good Sheila. Exactly. And it is um, hugely surprising. But the reason why we were desperately wanted to do this um, episode on pregnancy is one because I'm experiencing it, but two, why don't we talk about the why bad news? Why don't we talk about it? Because it's awful. I can safely say I'm having a terrible time of it. 
And you're 14 weeks today. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and the thing is, like, we could have talked about this earlier. We could have. But it was that thing of, like, I just knew that you don't talk about it before then. And also, like, you know, I probably didn't want to... If I did, if it didn't work out to the end, you know, didn't, you know, there was a miscarriage involved. I probably wouldn't have wanted strangers saying, like, you know, God bless them, but yeah. I probably wouldn't have wanted strangers saying, "Hi, um, I know this about you," yeah. and that um, I don't really like talking about my feelings anyway, unless they're really negative. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I, you know, I don't like particularly like feeling vulnerable. It's no. not something where I, you know, you struggle with it. Yeah. I don't like it. And so uh, now that I'm in the fourteen. I'm fourteenth week. I feel like um, like it's happening. Like yeah, it's, feel it's, like real. it's real. So real. I've seen. I did the scan. Uh, my beautiful friend Sarah, who's a sonographer, was there. She did the scan. It was so different to have a female sonographer to a male sonographer. Um, the sonographer is a person who does the ultrasound. And for Oliver and Edie, I had a male sonographer for those ones, and he was so dismissive of so many things. Yeah. He was like, "Yes, it's this, and that is that, and that's her liver, or whatever." And I was like, wait, I want to see Oliver, so yeah. cute. <laughs> but this time, because I had one, because she's my beautiful friend, but also too, because she's a mother. She's a woman, yeah. She was like stopped, and even though she would see babies all the time, like she would have seen thousands of unborn babies in women's tummies, she was like, look how cute, look at the little feet, look at the Aww. leg, that's the cutest leg I've ever seen. <laughs> and it was just, it was just really nice to be, to celebrate something without it being this yeah. clinical, medical, with that veil over it to be like oh my god this is exciting rather than that's its liver yeah yeah this is and it's affirming it it's acknowledging this amazing thing that you've grown with your body yes i have grown it with my body and um for anyone who has not had a baby um it, it is a it is a wild ride and for anyone who has had a baby um your experience would be different to mine and it would be mm. different to Claire's and I think that that is one thing that we really lack in this conversation is you're you can't you can't read on somewhere how this feels no. one one of the reasons you can't read how how you're supposed to feel or how how what is going on with you is because there's really little research behind our feelings in pregnancy. Yes, or even what's happening to our bodies in pregnancy, yes. right? Yes, oh my God, there's so many weird things. Here's a great example. You've been going through the horrible, horrible nausea of, of first trimester. Just, yeah. just awful. It's been, you've been so, so sick, right? Tell us about how that's felt. Oh, it's just disgusting. I just, I, I think I had it with Edie a little bit, and I think I might have had it with Olive, but this has been next level torture. I've had... I have had, um, like, really, it's like, you know when you get so hungry that you um, feel like you're going to vomit? Mm. Or you're really hungover and you think the only thing that's going to fix this right now is an orange juice and hot chips from McDonald's. Like, <laughs> or a drive through McDonald's with Claire when she crashes the car. Something's, <laughs> something's got to cure this. But you, you have these, like, immediate and extreme, um, that ideas in your head that's going to fix something that is just feels like this real like empty like kind of drilling in your body oh and everything feels and it's like it's constantly your mouth just constantly fills up with saliva you get goosebumps when someone says something weird like I was watching a show the other day and there's a lawyer and he said this really he was talking to his paralegal and he said not don't deal with that now we've got bigger fish to fry and I like just almost vomited everywhere. 
it's like <laughs> such a great the, thing to feel sick about. What the fuck is that uh, saying? Bigger fish to fry. I'm like, what? How big is the fish? <laughs> you gonna remember like this melon? You gonna descale it? It's corrupt. Like I was so so oh, visual. Everything is so. Thing. I feel. I smell everything. I smell people's stories. <laughs> like they'll tell, like here's someone saying bigger fish to fry, I smell fish. Like I smell God. everything. And these during in Victoria, we've got, we have to wear our face masks. Um, the face mask, like the detergent smells a bit funny. Or like oh, I smell my breath or God. I smell something or some. Disgusting. It's just, it just has been hell. hell. And then, um, and I have felt really out of control of my body mm. and I've hated that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I can't, like I can't not eat things because I, I feel like I'm going to vomit if I don't eat something right now. And so I'm constantly eating to try and keep the nausea at bay. And then, um, and then I'll get really, really, really full and I'll be like, Oh my God, I think I'm going to be sick. I'm so full. And then as soon as I'm not full, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm starving. Mm. So it's actually, it's, it's like the, my least, it's my least favorite stage of anything. Pregnancy. <laughs> Pregnancy. Yeah, it's I brutal. hate it. Two things. The first that I think is really interesting is that um, we don't actually know why women get so nauseated and vomity during pregnancy. There are theories about things like the hormone called HCG that our body produces or what the placenta does in relation to the rest of the organs, but nobody knows. It's one of those weirdly female mysteries that nobody's unpacked and, and um the medications that you can take for it are not specifically developed to treat debilitating sickness they just happen to be medications for other things where a side effect is that it suppresses nausea mm. so it's just people the medical system is just disinterested in the female experience right as soon as soon as our cross to bear it's seen as just part of the journeys of being a woman. You have to suffer, right? It's suffering and suffering and suffering. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that. I know that when you you had is it Zofran? Zofran and Janzatron, God yeah. bless it. Yeah, and you said to me, oh, you should get that. And I was like, yeah, 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 I'll, we'll see. I'll see how I go. And for some reason I was like, oh, no, okay, this is normal. Yeah. This is normal. I'm supposed to feel sick. It's fine. And it just went through maybe three weeks of hell before mm. I actually went to the doctor. And I was like, I'm really really unwell and I was doing homeschooling and I was like crying in the bath just like you do but I was just I (laughs) had a reason (laughs) (laughs) but I just was having the worst 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 time and all I just Lucas was like gosh you are having a very bad day and I'm like mate this is Every day's bad. Every day. Every day, every minute's bad. Going to bed, you feel sick. Going, waking up, you you think, oh my gosh, I'll eat, quickly eat and I'll feel better, and you don't. And I don't, I don't know how I would, I will, I won't do this again. Yeah. But if this was my first baby and this experience, I don't, I do not know how it would be able uh, to do it again. But you forget, like even though I know that my pregnancy is with. What are they called? My children. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they're called. Where are um, they? Who cares? Um, were really awful. I still want to have another baby. Like it's, it's just it, your yeah, body. It's I just like labour, right? Let's let's talk about labour. Oh, labor. I prefer labour. I prefer labour once a week for nine months. Really? To uh, vomiting. To vomiting. Yeah. To being the, no- uh, the nausea. Uh, the nausea is just oh, it's horrendous. But we've we've both given we've both given birth twice, and 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 just focusing on the conversation which is around autonomy right and choice and our ability to make decisions about ourselves and our bodies and what's happening to us what were your births like 
uh, yeah, okay. So, again, I had a different experience to yours. I actually really liked giving birth, which was mm. weird and very unexpected. I didn't, I wasn't like, this feels amazing because that's that, re- that would be really weird. It yeah. was, um, really powerful like I just yeah. I, I was like oh my god and I was really proud of it at the yeah. end and I remember so vividly like afterwards I was like that was incredible my, like and someone filmed it and I was like this is the most beautiful like spectacular thing I've ever seen my body did that after yeah. nine months of being like really unsure of what was happening my body just knew how to do that it was incredible and then I like months and months later I went out for a drink with two colleagues male colleagues mm-hmm. Matt and Jamie um Matt listen so he'll know Shout this one very Matt. well you're an excellent person Matt and after a few drinks he was like uh he's asked me about labor and I was like oh my gosh do you want to see the video <laughs> and he was like uh, a little bit, like not in a creepy way, but it's fascinating, it right? So fascinating. And he'd not seen one before, I imagine. And so I was showing, I was showing him, and again, not in a creepy way. I wasn't like, look at my sexy vagina. I was like, <laughs> oh God, look, look at my head it. come out of my sexy <laughs> vagina. <laughs> sexy, sexy times. He was like, what? And then the next day, or the whatever, I remember Jamie was like really embarrassed me. He thought that I would, I was, I'd be mortified. Like I obviously was too drunk and didn't make a sensible decision. And I was like, oh, no, I'll show anyone. Yeah, like, I would literally show beautiful. anyone that. It is incredible. Amazing. And so I felt really happy with my... But your experience with birth was very different. Uh, well, the first... Look, I can barely remember Stevie, but I do remember um, it was a very long process. So I was induced at 42 weeks and two days, and it was just very lonely. It was like, while well, I went home for a while... It was just a lonely experience. You I were in the birthing suite by yourself for hours, hours and hours, hours labouring away. Your by first myself. ever labour. Yeah, well, he went home. Um, and no nurse came in? No, because like, they hadn't. I was hooked up to a, um, I was hooked up to a machine that was kind of monitoring the baby internally, monitoring me, and, so, and they had, like, cameras, so they could see... They had, like, a desk where they could see everything. And I just remember... That is not the same. No, being... Again, <laughs> like, that is not taking into consideration how you're feeling. It's taking into consideration how your body is functioning. Exactly. It's so different. It was really lonely. And until I came back in the morning, and I remember just watching the clock, like, just going through each contraction, watching the clock. It was just... It was not fun. But then I got an epidural that morning, which is gorgeous, and... Uh, actually, the actual process of pushing Stevie out was quite lovely because um, I had an opportunity. They, they let me take my time. They're really encouraging. They're really kind. And when she came out, she was just the most incredible thing I'd ever seen. I was so gobsmacked that my body made that. And um, Frida, Frida had to be induced quite early because she was um, she had fetal growth restriction. Um, and uh, Brum was there for that mm-hmm. that birth, which mm-hmm. was really amazing. So I was induced again, but but a lot earlier than Stevie. And um, while I, I'm really proud of myself for you know doing it, so, so I did it without without an epidural, which mm-hmm. is you know like neither who, you know, who cares. And I, I have a real problem with people celebrating not you know like not being in pain, pain yeah not being in pain like it's like they've gotten through something it's awful like you do it's, you just do you right you do what you need to yeah, do yeah and people that will be like like you know tim tim stevens born at this time without an epidural how's that important no, i don't care shit how Why? it came out and it's a really personal decision for some people it means a lot to them but it's it is just a personal decision right it's you don't win you don't win pregnancy and labor by not having an epidural but anyway i didn't didn't have it for Frida. It just happened really, really quickly. But the couple, like, I, I felt like a lot of my autonomy was taken away in that in that process. Like, there were a bunch of things I asked for 
so I asked, I didn't want to lie down to give birth and they asked me to lie down. And the worst thing was I really wanted that video. I wanted what you had. I wanted to yeah. see what it looks like to, to, for, for a baby to come out of me. And, um, and you started filming when, um, when, wow, when she was coming out and the midwife there turned to you and said, you can't film in here. Yeah. And she was, stopped you. It was the same hospital that yeah. I had both my births filmed at. And it was, um, like, um, um, you, you could, cause you, you know, you were told what you could and couldn't do. And so you mm. turned off the camera, which is completely normal. And I never get that back. I never, never get... You can't be like, can yeah. someone... Can we still replay? Can we yeah. put it back in? And and I, I'll exactly. It we'll just do it again. Free to get in my vagina. You're two years old. You can do it. <laughs> um, but the thing... Like, I, I really want to have another baby, but I might not be able to, right? It's like circumstance might mean it won't happen. And that's, that's something that's gone forever. And I'll always remember that. I'll always remember wanting a whole bunch of things and not being allowed them. And what that did to my sense of self and my, mm. and, and you know, and it does matter. I mean, the ability to choose what happens to your body matters. Yeah. So going into, you know, your third birth, Bron, like in early next year, um, what, what do you want your birth to be like? I want it to be, um, like Edie's. Edie's yeah. was really amazing. I was induced for both. So I don't know what it's like. I'd love to not be induced. Yeah, I want to know what that's that like. Birth. Yeah, it'd be really cool. Yeah, because your both yours were induced. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah, it'd be so cool. Like then. in the movies. Like yeah, exactly. Just like a water breaks, and everyone's like, "A baby's coming!" Yeah, and everyone's excited, and exactly. everyone just like, and it comes out in a minute. Uh, no, the, I want it to be. I want it. To, I'd like it to be as natural as possible. Not because. I give a shit about yeah. natural and yeah. not un- unnatural, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. I want it to be just like as organic as possible because I'm just I'm always amazed by I'm, the pregnancy I'm less amazed with, but the actual labour. The I think is incredible. baby coming out. Have, a actually, real baby. Yeah, you have little control and your body just makes all these decisions for you and you're like, cool, cool, okay. Some of them you're like less cool about. <laughs> uh, but it's like, it, but just that thing of like trusting your body and that yeah. was really hard to do with Olive. I had an epidural. Because you've never done it before. No, and also the pain is like... Oh, like, the pain is insane. Else. It's crazy, isn't nothing it? It's else. insane. I remember going um, just before Stevie born, born a few months after Olive, going out for lunch with you and you said, ooh, you were only days away from being induced and you mm. were enormously pregnant and you were like, so can you just tell me, like, I really need a really honest rundown of what I should expect in labour. And I was like, definitely. And I had thought I was being really helpful, but probably I was being unhelpful. I was like, yep, yep. It was weird. You think you're going to feel it in your vagina, but yeah, you just you feel don't, it in your you butt. Yeah, you feel it in your butt. I remember, do you remember when Frida was about to be born? Um, I stood up and I yelled at the top of my voice, I need you to do a boom! <laughs> and then they were like, no, she's, she's about it's to happen. So the what? baby's about to come out. Your bum. My bum. <laughs> <laughs> But I remember saying to you, like, it's so much pain in your bum. Like, it feels yeah, like... Yeah, it feels like you, it's going to explode. It feels yeah. like you're going to split open. From your bum. From and your so bum. Said, oh, it feels God. like someone has put their entire fist and arm all the way up oh, your bum hole. And then they, they grab one of your organs and they put 
squeeze it for just before it explodes and then they let go. Yeah. That's what a contraction is. Different oh, organs and they squeeze God, on it and let go. So the brutal. entire time, someone's entire forearm is up your bum. Oh my God. And it's just like, <laughs> I, I know it was horrible, but I don't remember it. And, and so it's, it's that thing, right, where I know it was like the worst pain I've ever experienced, yeah. but I don't re- actually, I couldn't articulate what it felt like. You just... said to me after Fred, Stevie was born, I said, what was that? And you said it felt like someone was ringing me out from the inside. Oh, God. Which is thought was quite articulate. Horrendous. Yeah, it was articulate. Yeah, well done. Bam! Well done. <laughs> and then you drove through the hospital. <laughs> it was very So we're having a baby Stuart. It's yeah. huge. It's huge. It is huge. And it is, um, I haven't told lots and lots of people. One, I do, I'm a bit uncomfortable with the, yeah. I'm a bit, I, it's not uncomfortable with, with the, um, uh, like, people talking about talking to me like I'm just a pregnant lady which is another thing that's yeah. what you become but I also like the praise oh wow and then the questions the yeah, questions yeah. like was it planned which is so inappropriate yeah. it's like did you have sex with the contour <laughs> in a bride <laughs> or were you on the peel yeah. was it a bit of a drunk oversight <laughs> exactly <laughs> did he come on the sheets and then he lay down on top because <laughs> I've heard that's happened it's just it's so like, so like I, and that is a question that I've received from so many people yeah. was this planned God. and I get why people ask it but I I feel like before you guys before you ask that question to anyone I just need you to Just understand think. what you're asking. Think a second before you ask that question. Think. So it and um, you know other questions like oh people will say to me you know I bet oh I bet you're hoping it's a boy which is like what why would right. I Just hoping it's, a, boy? it's a healthy human. Yeah, why would I do? So the, the, I feel like the conversations, the initial conversations that happen. I don't like them. I don't yeah, into them. So I just leave them. So I get to nine months pregnant and people are still wondering how, why yeah, I got so, so fat. <laughs> yeah. Why are you huge? Lockdown. <laughs> Which is another thing, just like, just quickly, is putting on weight. Oh, is actually, God. I hate it's it so really much. confronting. It's this really one, confronting. I can't remember it being this feeling as much as uh, with Olive and Edie. And it's whilst I always go on about how good it is getting older. I have really struggled with putting on weight in this one and not struggled. I found it hard to put on weight. I found it really easy, but it's, I've found the, my um, relationship with my body has been quite negative and mm. I, I haven't had that in years. Yeah. And that, that, new, that voice that I was so used to being as a teenager, a chubby teenager has kind of come back. And she is like saying to me, you know, oh, this is going to be really hard to take off when oh, it comes God. out. Oh God, and you're going to have to get buy a whole new wardrobe. And oh gosh, you're going to be. You better sign up for fitness classes. Yeah. How long is it going to take to lose exactly. the weight? And, and Instagram, you know, like the the things that pop up, it's like fitness during pregnancy. You know, those targeted ads. Yeah, yeah. Everything is about, you know, maternity leggings, which I'm definitely wearing right now. But it's. Like everything is like, don't get fat. Yeah, exactly. Don't. It's very important that despite making a human, that you don't look unattractive. Yeah, bizarre. But I am scared of it. Like I'm. Yeah. Je- I do not want to get fat. And it's also, I think, because after you have Eddie and you have horrible postpartum anxiety, a really important part of you controlling that was to exercise, to yeah. get fit. And so it's been something that's really been in a really important moderator mm. of your mental health for, you know, five years. So yeah. to have that to have that kind of taken away is really confronting. Yeah. And it's also kind of kind of brings up these fears of like, what do I think is gonna happen if I do put yeah, on twenty yeah. kilos? What's gonna like how do I think like logically 
if I put on 30 kilos, which yeah. happens, I think my sister put on 30 or 40 kilos mm. with her second pregnancy. Um, it was actually quite an effort. And she, I remember she looked she looked completely different but instead of being like wow she's made a baby i remember mm. thinking she must really hate how much weight she's put on yeah and that is something that even though i logically all of these things i know that you know i'm a feminist and i but don't i don't want to think these things about my body anyone else's body but when it comes to pregnancy and when i have really little control over what's happening to me um and the only things that do make me feel better is sometimes a mcchicken yeah oh so yum. <laughs> I, 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 that, like that voice is louder than oh, logic gosh. and I hate her. And it's one of those things that's just really hard to dislodge. It doesn't matter what you actually believe mm. when you're socialized to look at yourself in a particular way, mm. it's especially when you're getting older. It's really, really hard to unlift them. Yeah. Know? Or when your weight fluctuates a bit like mine yeah. does. Mine, I've like been much much smaller. I've been probably a bit bigger at some stage. Who knows? But I feel like it's not it, – that these fluctuations are not, become not mine. Yeah, These become yeah. people's uh, – oh, okay, bronze, bronze that size now. Oh, okay, bro. oh, wow, you look great. You know, like your weight mm. will fluctuate and the compliments that get thrown your way when you lost all of that weight recently. You mm. would just be like, wow, this is amazing. Obviously, yeah. this is success. And in pregnancy, it is so it's like no one's saying congratulations. You've just put on fifteen kilos in a week, and then straight away, then when you have the baby, the comments come hand fast about your body and how your body's yeah. bounced back. Right. My favorite one is it doesn't even look like you've had a baby. I know. What does that mean? Is that and then that's a gift, like a reward. You're like, yeah, yeah I did, I did, but I don't seen it yes. <laughs> hooray Good. I did it <laughs> celebrating pretending it's to have a baby so, you're so the whole system around it is broken 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 it is broken but right now I'm just filled with joy because yeah. you're making another tiny squishy beautiful human that we're gonna mm, love so 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 much it'll be it'll be it'll be nice it'll be different to do it this time now yeah. being older now I'm doing it twice before now knowing what um I guess the uh, the the capacity and the limitations of my brain. Yeah, I think that that's an also You'll be interesting way kinder thing. to yourself. Yeah, I reckon. if I if I go a bit mad again, I'll be like, oh, I'm going mad. Yeah, yeah. Like, cool. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Woo! Come on, guys. No, but I I I understand myself better now. Yeah. Um, and also now, I, I guess even so, with these negative things about like, oh God, you've put on so much weight. It is like okay, I understand what my brain's doing. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have control of that either. No, but we can speak firmly back and say, right now, brain, I'm eating a chicken and a whole packet of mint slices. <laughs> yeah, and there's right. nothing you can do exactly. about it. Glenn needs a fillet of fish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. Well, gorgeous, glorious 2020 news. It's so bloody lovely. Yeah. We're open for name suggestions. Yes. Sheila is top of the list. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, guys, that has been our cliffhanger. Whether it's been good or bad, it's up to you. We Who can't knows? tell either. Yay. We love you guys. We will see you soon. See you.